Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast. Um, this is just the preamble bit, this is a bit you have to listen to before you get into the bit that you came to listen to. This week we're talking about As Above, So Below, um, which was Matthew's Hidden Gem episode. Um, we had some good fun with it. Um, just sort of pre-warning, my mental health hasn't been great the past couple of weeks and I am... Um, I don't know if it's reflected in the episode at all or in the editing, but um, I'm making my excuses now if it is. Um, great episode anyway with some uh, extra questions that you've never heard us answer before. So yeah, um, the only thing to remember going into this movie is if you're in Paris, keep out of the catacombs and eat French fries probably or a baguette. Welcome to another episode of Creative Psychopaths, a horror movie podcast hosted by me, Mark, and him, Matthew. Bonjour. Ooh. Each week we meet and discuss horror movies with a guest and they tell us their horror history or just the two of us chatting, well, horror movies. It's a horror movie podcast. And if you didn't get that so far, it is actually a horror movie podcast. Um, first off, neither of us are feeling great. So if it's lacking energy that's why but we'll do our best to um give it we make to the content yes yes we will do our best and i'll continue to provide my usual brand of monotone whatever it is i do um so this week we are continuing along our just us theme yeah Um, we've hit a conundrum now haven't we we have we've 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 both done the questions. We have. So we need we need new ones. We do need new ones. So we're um asking for all the people who listen to um provide us with those. But we've managed to get a few. We've got some in. We've got some in. So to sort of continue along the tradition of getting to know each other a little bit better um regarding our horror themes. We're gonna we're gonna make a sandwich of it. We're gonna ask a couple of questions, and we're gonna talk about this week's movie, which is the hidden gem movie that um, Matthew chose, and you all voted for, sort of thing. Um, half voted. Half yeah. voted. You're half. <laughs> I quite like that. Um. So I don't think we need to force too much banter today. Um, nah, we'll. We'll we'll banter we'll along the way. Banter throughout. We'll, We're we'll, a baseline of forced banter now. We'll do our best. We're, not until we have another guest will we. Um, start. Oh, that oh, banter's going to be so forced when there's another guest. Exactly. We'll make them do it. Um, yeah. So. So, yep. should we just get into these new questions then? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go mad. So. We're, we're going to kick off this brave new world with what do you think is the best sequel? I'm going to choose um, Friday the 13th Part 6. 
Part six, oh, deep, deep cut. Yeah. Well, part six is um, when Jason finally becomes a bit more supernatural. It's a good movie. It's where I think the mo- the movies start becoming a bit more tongue in cheek rather than um, being all uh, all out horror movies. But also, Jason becomes this more sort of absolute, unstoppable Terminator type force in it. And they did some things where the main um, character of Tommy, who I've forgotten what his second name is now. I was going to say Tommy Oliver, but that, I think that might be the Green Power Ranger. <laughs> I'm pretty the sure. The Green Power Ranger was Tommy. Yeah. Um, it is definitely Tommy, but it's not Tommy Oliver. I'm sure Tommy Oliver was a. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so, yeah, I, I once did a, an absolute binge of the Friday the 13th movies. I hadn't seen a single one of them. And um, I binged through them all over a few nights. Sort of every, every night I came home from work, they were on Sky movies or something. I was like, oh, I'll just keep watching these. And I think. Sort of like I said, I've said before, five is an odd one because it's not actually Jason. And then by the time you get to six, you're sort of thinking, oh God, more of this. Um, but it totally refreshes itself. Um and yeah, it's it really it really is one of my favorite sequels. It's it, it's a surprise how refreshing it is, um, based on the fact that it's the sixth movie in a franchise. And um from there on they managed to sort of keep poking at it and seeing if they could do different things because in part seven, the main antagonist in that, um, no, protagonist in that has got telekinetic powers. So, you know, they just sort of kept pushing it, which I've always enjoyed. Um, So that's what I'm choosing anyway. Okay. Well, I've only just realised once you've been saying that, that with picking a sick film that... I realise that I've got some weird thing in my head and I only assume sequels are the second one. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's completely wrong, but... So I have gone for a second one. Okay. And I'm saying Evil Dead 2 does everything the, the first film does pretty much not for not, but elevates it. It's funnier. It's gorier. You get the chainsaw hand. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's it's everything you want the sequel to be in that it elevates, uh, you know, retreads but doesn't repeat. I would probably say best way of putting it. And uh, you know, it's it, it's weird how you would say that you could go from the first Evil Dead to Army of Darkness, like. You would never think that, that that's a path that you can take, but somehow Evil Dead 2 makes that not only makes sense, but just makes it mm. tangible as yeah, you know, the filmmaking of it. Yeah. I must admit, I think I probably always disregard the second one because it's such a retread of the first one. And I'm, I think I think that's I think that's that that is literally all is it's such a retread of the first one. The first one sort of holds a place in my heart, but it is a really great sequel, and um, you know, if anything, I really like um, the improvements in the makeup on that one, uh, the, the effects. It really makes a big difference. Um, yeah, I think Evil Dead Two was the first one that I saw. Uh, ah. My brother watched the, the trilogy like one afternoon while I was at college, and just brought me home. It's like, right, this is the one that you're watching. 
All right, okay. Uh, so I think that's, yeah, that, for me, the second one's always been the main one. Yeah, no, that's, um, I mean, it's an excellent choice. I mean, I think there's loads of, loads of good sequels out there, especially we've both sort of managed to land around the 80s. I can't remember if Evil Dead 2 was the 80s. I'm sure it was. Um, I believe so. Yeah. Which I think probably is where most of the best sequels come from, probably the 80s. Um, yeah, I think it's the year of the VHS boom, isn't it? So yeah. That's where, yeah. Where the exploitation market was for, you know, for that that market. Yeah. I don't, I, th- I tend to, I, th- I sort of tend to feel that, um, I think back in those days, it wasn't, well, I guess there were cash grabs, but it doesn't feel like they are as much as they are these days. Um, and it wasn't always a bit of the same, you know, good stuff. And uh, oh, you know what? I think we should sizzle while we're here because next month is the September sleepover where we're going to be, yes. co- where we're going to be covering Nightmare on Elm Street and the two sequels after that. So we're on our way to sequel town. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't think we've covered any sequels together, have we? No, I mean, we haven't. We certainly haven't done any in succession. So that's going to be it's going to be interesting. The September sleepover, um, and then after that, I think we'll get, start getting back into some guests. Yeah, we're, we're going to have guests uh, on the sleepover, aren't we? Oh, we are. We are. But that's that's certainly the aim. More least, horror so. histories. Yeah. All right, okay. Uh, right then, so the next question, and for me, the same answer as the last one, is uh, what's the best remake? Oh, right, okay. So I'm not saying Evil Dead 2, because it's not entirely a remake. It's very similar, but not entirely. But I do think the uh, the 2013 Evil Dead is the best out-and-out horror remake I've seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I sort of, yeah, you know what? That was my thought. That was actually my choice going into this. Um, it bugs me to give the same answer, but I don't think, um, the only other one that I, that I wanted to say was, um, the fly, which is, oh yeah, sort of a remake. It is sort of a remake of a, of a very old film, but. Uh, so is the thing as well. Yeah, yeah, the thing. But I think it's like I was talking to uh, Chris in that one. They're sort of so far removed from each other that it's very difficult to um, actually, you know, see where the remake comes from. And I think even yeah. this, even this new Evil Dead was technically a sequel. Um, I think it wasn't supposed to be a a remake. Um, I think there's there's enough in it to yeah. to land one way or another without really having to worry about it so much, is there? No, I don't think we're gonna we're not we're not gonna get bogged down in semantics. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd say that's a semantic argument. Oh, excellent. Um, <laughs> good. Right. Well, there we go. So, are we setting our stall out then for this one? Is it? Is this the? The thing slash American Wealth in London for remake. Is this the de facto correct answer? Well, Evil Dead. Yeah. Um, 
we've both said it, so you know it's a hundred percent of the answers. A hundred percent correct. Yeah, so far um, until someone else says something different. Yeah, I don't know. I think, like I say, I, I think what I, what I battled with there was that um, I think I probably would have chosen the fly, but I think I just feel it's so far removed from that original movie in in tone, um, really that. It's hard to call it a sequel, uh, not a sequel, a remake. Um, whereas this Evil Dead, it follow, very much follows the plot of those first two movies. Um, yeah. But feels like a remake and it feels like a good one as well. Not feels like it is a good one. Um, kind of like when you uh, you get a, an adaptation of a, you know, a book that doesn't really follow the same way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, right. Well, yeah. I guess we've, I guess we've signed up to Evil Dead being the correct answer. I'm all right. Okay. I'm all right with that. You'll have to come on as a guest if you want to prove us wrong, listeners. Yes, and we're all, we're open for guests. Um, every bit of social media, creativepsychopathpod at gmail dot com. If you'd rather email me, I don't know why I said that like that. It's a bit weird. Um. Yeah, so I suppose that's the first slice of bread then. Yeah, I think it's a, a nice, we're going for a nice thin, sort of crispy toasted slice of bread on this one. A sort of Warburton's thin, as it were. Yeah. Uh, right. So I think that... Uh, that leads that, us into the movie. Yeah. So, this week's movie is, um, well, like I said before, this is a hidden gem movie. You all voted on different topics and the one that came out was a hidden gem um and matthew chose uh 2014's as above so below uh as the yeah as the hidden gem which is quite literally about a hidden gem so that's exciting uh although i so, don't think i don't think you quite realized that at the time. you know what i didn't i completely forgot that part of the plot so my, my thinking when i chose it was that uh, the John Ryland's Library in Manchester mm-hmm. is uh, hosting a Dante exhibition. Right. And this film is very, very heavily inspired by Dante. Uh, so I think the idea that after visiting the uh, the library just sort of stuck in my head. And yeah, I wanted to talk about it. And I do think it's a bit of a hidden gem, uh, which is a slight spoiler for what we think of it at the end. Because uh, right. I don't remember it. I remember it being around in the cinema. I remember seeing the posters on bus stops, but yeah, not much being uh, talked uh, about since. No, I must admit, I thought I'd I thought I'd seen this when I started watching it. Um, but it reminded it was something. I think it was something else I'd seen. So I think this was my first watch. Uh, I certainly didn't remember any part of it. Um, so in terms of hidden, in a way, you know, it's obviously passed me by. I'm not saying that I've seen everything because I haven't. Um, seen a lot of stuff. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, uh, well, let's get into it then. Um, let's do it. So, the director of this movie was John Eric Dowdle, and I did write down what um, movies he'd done, other movies he'd done before, on a different piece of paper. But I haven't written on this one. And I think it was there was something there was something in there that I thought was um, was interesting. 
So let me just search that up. Don't worry. Uh, he did the uh, quarantine, the uh, wreck American remake. Yeah. Uh, and he also did uh, Devil. Oh, that was it, Devil. Yeah, and oh, the Poughkeepsie tapes. That was what. That was one thing that I noticed that he did the Poughkeepsie tapes, which um, it, I would say is, if you want to see a movie that's disturbing, that'll do it for you. Um, I, personally, I don't think it's that disturbing, but it does follow. It does follow a relatively disturbing plot, and it's sort of. Um, a found footage movie. So I was pleased to see that he directed something something like that. Um because probably not a lot of people have seen it. Um but I definitely that's one of those movies where I go, yeah, watch it, but I aren't recommending it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you come back to me. Um, so yeah, uh no, it was um it was good that. So he's got a bit of a decent horror history. Uh, yeah, a few films under his belt. Hmm. So the cast of this is Perdita Weeks as Scarlet, uh, Ben Feldman as George, Edwin Hodge as Benji, Francois Seville as Papi- Papillon, Papillon, uh, Papillon uh, Ali Maya as Zed, Maya, and Marion, 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 Marion Lam- Lambert. As Suxi, is that right? Suxi? Uh, I just believe it's Sue, isn't it? We'll just call her Sue, eh? <laughs> All right, Sue. I've got legs. Right, and the budget for this movie was about five million, and it box officed around forty-one million. So it did all right. Yeah, that's. But it's not. It's not a runaway hit, is it? I'm saying less than a hundred million is my just now decided on rule for what constitutes a hidden gem. Okay, fair enough. So this movie's filmed in the Paris catacombs, actually filmed in them. And what I did find interesting was that they didn't use a lot of actual um, props and stuff. A lot of what you'd see happening on screen is um, actually what's going on there, which I thought was quite interesting. I'm not a sufferer of claustrophobia, but there are moments in this movie when We'll get to it later, obviously, where I was like, oh, I don't like this. Yeah, a bit of the same, yeah. Yeah. And it was uh, interesting to find that Ben Feldman, who plays George, he actually did suffer from claustrophobia. So they had to uh, keep breaking quite often to give him a break. And, um, you know, it doesn't seem like the best role to sign up for, does it? You would have to, yeah, you'd have to question what they showed him in the script for him to sign up to that, don't you? They obviously thought he was the best man for the job. Well, we'll see if we agree as we go through. So I start watching this film and it comes up with an FBI rating, which I wasn't expecting. And it's rated R. And I don't know what that means. I don't know if my mum's supposed to be watching it with me or not. She wasn't available, so I just watched it. But I wasn't expecting that. We don't get these things. Yeah, we don't have to worry too much about the FBI in these parts. No, no. Um, Although I remember... Back in my day, it used to be Feb- Federal Boob Inspector. That's quite good. <laughs> That's, but, you know, it's not very PC. Well, that was the 80s. You know, when you could kiss me quick and all that stuff. Um, so let's actually get into it. Uh, so we meet with Scarlett. And uh, she is in Iran filming on her own camera. 
um, she talks about going to see some caves um, with history in them. Uh, while she's there, she goes into a town and she meets a character called Razor, Reza, Razor, something like that. Um, and he shows her a secret entrance. Ooh. So they go and check these caves before they explode, um, which they've got minutes to do. Um, this all feels very rushed. There are soldiers that they have to wait for. And then an alarm starts going because it's obviously going to explode. Um at this point, she's looking at this writing on the wall, and then she just goes, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to smash through it. Um, and then behind the wall is a bull statue. It's a rose key, whatever that is. Uh, well, we'll get there. Reza goes, that's it, I'm not staying anymore. This place is going to blow up. But Scarlet, she's got to scan the bull for writing, all the writing that's on the bull. Um, as she's trying to escape, she sees a hanging man, which is odd. And then the whole place starts exploding. <laughs> Sound effects, that's new. Now, just before it exploded, <laughs> did you think this cave looked pretty much exactly like what we've come to see later in the film? Um, I didn't pay too much attention to it, I must admit. It seems wider, wider open, I, I think. Um, yeah, there, there was a couple of bits where I just thought, I wonder, did they film that in the same place? Um, probably have to take another look just caves are caves are caves good filmmaking if they did yeah yeah no i don't think it looked like it uh where were we at oh anyway we've so seen the, the hanging man there was an explosion i did a sound effect that i've never done before um so i started doing sound effects uh but she sort of gets buried but reza does come back for her and he says look i knew your dad he was nuts and you're a bit like him and she goes look I'm not. And he goes, look, everyone who hunts for Flamel stone is crazy and they all die. Except Harry Potter. He didn't die. When he hunted for Flamel stone. I guess Voldemort I did die, but not from that. He was hunting for it though, wasn't he? I get technically, he was, yeah. Technically Harry Potter wasn't actually hunting for it. That's how it ended up in his pocket because he didn't actually want, want it. Hmm. And then we get the titles and it says, as above, so below. And we go, hey, that's what this movie's called. Yeah, nice way to do that with it coming sort of up and down together. That was it, quite, it quite pretty. Oh, very beautiful. Uh, let's see. Uh, and then we fight. We, it's not explicitly said as Benji, but I'm going to call him Benji now. So we have Benji interviewing Scarlett. And she starts talking about how goddamn smart she is and that she knows a little bit of chop socky action or Krav Maga, as it were. Uh, and then a dude goes in the background. Uh, it's not main plot point, but I do like the fact that there's a dude in the background, like eating his sandwiches. Uh, yeah, do you reckon that was just a random dude? I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> it was fun, though. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Just a little dude sitting, oh, eat me sandwiches. Uh, move. Anyway, sorry. Uh, Got sandwiches. Oh, what delight. Did we even talk about the slices of bread? Is this the filling? I think I'm mad. We've got mad. She talks about the Philosopher's Stone and, and the science of alchemy, which is like, um, well, in terms of this, like healing people, you know, never dying, really. 
Benji asks if her dad was uh, crazy, and she goes, "Why? Because he committed suicide." Well, that's uh, nice and jarring. Anyway, yeah, I mean, Benji needs to, you know, brush up on his mental health stuff. We don't advocate for uh, for that sort of talk here. Well, this was 2014. We weren't worried about that thing in no. 2014. It was all everybody's insane. Yes, but back then we were struggle. going. Back then we were going bloody nut allergies. Well, we never had that in my day. We just ate nuts and died. <laughs> but yeah, now we're accepting that, and everyone's going bloody mental health. You're just lazy. Yeah, that's what it is. Anyway, sorry. Oh. Don't worry, there'll be another thing for people to hate on soon. So yeah, we get a little bit of Nicholas Flamel history, but it's not the history from Hogwarts, so I don't know what's going on there. Um, and we turn, find out that the Rose Stone is a translator for a tablet which is written in Aramaic, uh, which is a language that she doesn't know, uh, bigging herself up earlier. Oh, I know about 8 million languages. Don't know that one, though, do you? No, uh, <laughs> uh, it's... It, I... If Nicholas Flamel is French, why did he put this into Aramaic? Well, he's a bit—he's a bit of a dick, really. In base, based on all this stuff you have to do to get get his stone. Um, oh, why don't you do? You've got to find this ball in Iran and then go over. Fuck off, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, we get like nice scientists like. Uh... Marie Curie doing stuff like that. No, no. Stuff you full of radium. <laughs> yeah. You like? Eat this till you glow. Eat this till you glow. It's like having ready break. <laughs> um, away you go. You're your human torch. Oh, you're dead. Um, oh, well. Uh, but anyway, she does know a guy. She knows a guy. It's George. And he's fixing an old church clock tower bell. Um. But it turns out that George and Scarlett have a little bit of history, and she's managed to get him locked in a Turkish prison for a week. Um, which, of course, she does argue the semantics on. It was just a jail. Mm, very similar. Oh, but she he goes, look, I'm not helping you. And he she says, but I found the rose key. And then he goes, ooh. And then it turns out he's fixed the clock tower, and it starts going ding dong or something. Um, yeah, it's a it's a big bell, isn't it? It is a big like, bell. They, they really have to run away from that. Yeah, they do. And then he they they sort of come out onto a balcony. And they said veranda. Then oh, I love a little veranda. No balcony. And um, George goes, oh, they haven't heard that bell for two hundred and eighty four years. Um, which made me wonder why they haven't got it. If he was up there fixing it easy enough on his own, why they hadn't got that sorted? You want to get that sorted? Yeah, it couldn't be that hard to find the trader for it, could it? Maybe they were busy raising money. Oh, we're raising money for the bell, you know. Now what are they going to raise money for? <laughs> uh, and there is there is a church in France that's in need of repair, isn't there? Ah, bonjour. Okay. Oh. Um, right, so anyway, George says, yeah, okay, I'll help you translate the tablet. And they're, so they're looking at the tablet and it's talking about, oh, a key on his back. So they <laughs> they flip the tablet over, uh, the back of the tablet. And I'm, I was only laughing because I put a Simpsons quote in here. 
<laughs> Go. We're always open to Simpsons quotes. From Flaming Moe's. <laughs> I put, I don't know why, but fire made it good. Uh, exactly true for this. Yeah. So they, Scarlet sort of burns it. it. It shows up a little bit more text and everyone goes, oh, that's interesting. Um, and the translation says, um, it's at the gates of hell. Is that right? Uh, which is, they sort of, based on, but that's based on um, the depth that they're going to find the Philosopher's Stone at, which the only place you can think of is the Paris Catacombs in a hidden chamber. So they decide we're off to the catacombs. And I want to say, George, at this point, has done his job. Um, he, he's done the exact job he agreed to. He said he would that. translate and then yeah. he'd more. Yeah, but he continues to tag along. <laughs> we go into the catacombs, and uh, they're talking about some of the history of the catacombs, which I assume is correct. But they talk about there have been at least six million bodies in there. I must admit, you'd think with the size of Paris for over 500 years, yeah, they probably get to that. Oh. It doesn't look like a nice place to visit, but also you can imagine going, Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to see that. I need to see this. Um, I went to uh Faro in the Algarve, yeah. and they had a chapel. Uh, which was basically skulls and bones embedded into the wall for all the old priests that used to serve there. Oh dear. And it, it's very interesting and not as grim as you think. No, well, you know, they're dead, aren't they? So... Yeah. I mean, if they're, they're priests, they're, well, they should be in a better place and not really care what happened into their, uh, their skull. I suppose. Sorry. I, that's some... Frogging my throat, wasn't it? <clears throat> um, let's see. Yep, so they, they're in there and, and uh, they find where they want to be and Scarlet's going, look, we need to find a way through here. And then a convenient guy pops up and he goes, you want to find Bapion? And they go, all right, let's do that then. <laughs> they go to a club um, I just, should say the, the guy disappears when he turns around though he's not there no more oh, those are the guys to trust the ones that disappear when they when they speak imagine trusting that well that guy said fine Papillon yeah but he was did, did, he's not did there did they turn around to notice that he disappeared Um. yes they did yeah okay then yeah they deserve what's coming to them if they're that yeah. stupid well, also follow up information oh yeah where do we find him Actually, I think he might say. I think he maybe does. He say. just said at this club. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Don't say what he looks like. Don't say, you know. Actually, no. They asked the bouncers for that bit. So, so they go. You know in... They actually did cover themselves. Did they? Yeah. Oh, good. Well covered. Yeah. Shame. <laughs> well, I still don't. I still. I still think it's weird to just believe a random guy who sat there. Convenient guy. Convenient guy. Uh. Right, so they're in the club, and just before they go in the club, they see a weird chick. Well, actually, Benji sees a weird chick. I don't know if anyone else actually does. They're looking for Papillon, and they see a weird... The camera picks up weird chick again. So they do find Papillon, and she goes, look, take us to the catacombs. And he goes, nah. And she goes, ooh, there's treasure. And then they go, okay. And George says, look, I'm not coming. All right? 
Fair enough. Um, and then pretty much we cut to the next day and we meet uh, Papillon's crew, which consists of Zed and we decided Sue, didn't we? We did. Um, and Z- uh, I don't know whether it's candid or not, but I sort of enjoyed that bit, especially Zed doing his Robert De Niro and a stupid rap that they don't get anywhere with. Um, I like that bit. It's very um, realistic. Yeah, it shows that the, the characters are at ease with each other as well. Mm. I get the feeling that a lot of some of that was like off the cuff sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they look like a good bunch. Yeah. But previous to that, um, they talk about what the dangers are of being in the catacombs. So they talked about, obviously, there's no cell phone reception down there, but the dangers are um, you might run out of battery power, you might run out of food, you might run out of water, you might, well, you could very well die while down there. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a, a fun adventure time, does it? No, it doesn't. Um, and George, who still isn't coming, uh, follows him all the way to the secret entrance. <laughs> Look, I'm not coming. Why, why have you got here? I'm not coming. Uh, okay, uh, let's see. And uh, so they, the secret entrance that looks like a very tight squeeze. At this point, Benji puts head cams on everyone, so we start we able to get different cameras. Um, yeah, very nice touch for this as well, being very, that it's head cams yeah. attached to a torch. Yes, it is. Yeah, it works. So it, it, it gives reason for the characters wearing them for the rest of the film, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it gives, I think, Zed a head cam and a Scarlet one. Um, and then <laughs> George is still like, look, I ain't coming. But then the police show up. Oh, no. And then he goes, oh, I better come then. And then yeah, uh, they tackle Papillon and sort of have to tumble down right. into the, the entrance. Oh, which is... the entrance that has a big painting of a monster, a devil sort of thing on it. Which again, oh. not another great sign. No, not the best, uh, not the best thing. Uh, so anyway, they get down there, George is down there. Oh, I didn't really want to come down here. Um, but you no, know, Benji gives him an his headlight with a camera on. Although why he didn't use his camera once for the people he actually thought were going down there, I do not know. Unless it was a spare, I suppose. It was a spare. He said it was camera D. Camera D? Not like that, (laughs) though. Camera D? He's he's not from Birmingham. Camera D? I need more movies in, in British accents. Uh, Maybe we'll have to cover sightseers for that, then. All right, okay. That's what I want. Uh, let's see. All right, so he doesn't like... Um, Benji says, you don't like caves, huh? And then he sort of storms off and um, she goes, his little brother died in a cave. Didn't you know that? Um, sorry. I made myself laugh. It's a good reason to not like caves, I would it's say. It's a good reason to not like Okay. I put sorry about Turkey, but I'm not sure why. Oh yeah, because she she says to him, "Sorry about Turkey." I don't. It's like, what did they eat? <laughs> sorry, I brought you Turkey. I know you prefer cheese. 
so anyway, this is a turkey sandwich that we're making. That's that's that decision okay. made midway through. Um, and basically, he says, "Ah, fuck you in this place. I was only here to translate." And at which place, at which point, I do say to him, "Yeah, but you could have left a while ago." <laughs> It was um, strong-armed into it a bit, wasn't it? Every time he said that he wasn't coming, Scarlet said, yes, you are. Yeah, come on, you come in a little. No, I'm not coming. Um, so anyway, uh, they go a bit further down. There's water, and um, George says, oh, I should have worn some boots. And they go, well, we did offer you boots, but you weren't supposed to be coming. All right. Um, then we go past chanting people. Oh, chanting people. Which is weird. And very uh, satanic, I would say. Very satanic, yeah. And is that, is Weird Girl there? It's Weird Girl. She's leading the choir. Weird Girl. Because at one point, well, I was watching it back and I was like, I don't remember if we see Weird Girl again, but there she is. Um, But why she was at the club, I do not know. well, our friend Benji. Benji. Uh, weird girl. <laughs> Chanting people. All right, so we got to crawl through these bones. And they go, no, it, it's this way. And they go, well, no one goes that way. And I quite like this interesting bit where she's going, but the map says this. And he's like, yeah, but the map doesn't tell you which where's flooded and all that stuff. So. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Like, you know, you could have just done this on your own. You brought me on purpose. Um, so they talk about Lotto. Um, he went away and he went that way. He went down that corridor that you're talking about and was never seen again. So I guess we're climbing through the bones, which looks like it sucks. Yeah, we well, say that they, they actually filmed in the catacombs. Did you think they actually... They, they couldn't have trampled over bones, surely. Uh, I don't know. I genuinely they, they don't know. They have to be protected by some kind of law. Mm, I don't. I honestly don't know. And I said, I, I think there was very few pop props props used, but I think in that case they must have used something. Um, I think even to be able to film there, I don't think it is how it looks in this particular scene. But it does look like it sucks. Um, yeah. Benji gets stuck, starts to panic. Good stuff, I thought, right? Good this, panic. Yeah, this was the one that when we spoke about earlier about claustrophobia. Mm. This was the one where I felt it. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the performance is very panicky. And I think because it's like on Benji's camera, like you can only really see him and then like a little bit of bonds in the shot. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that feels tight. And all the time Scarlett's trying to guide him through. Yeah. Anyway, there's a big rumble and uh, they just get out in time and the whole thing caves in. But they've come out where they went in. Um, <laughs> and Papillon is going, well, there's no, it doesn't circle around, so I don't know how that's happened. Um, so they decide to uh, go down the bad corridor. 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 Good idea. Well, well It's the only idea, isn't it, really? Well, they could have come... Could they not have gone back the way they came? So, well, you know, I'm not going that way, so forget it. Nope, come on, down the bad corridor, fair enough. So they go through there, and there's a tag on the wall, and it says BAP, which we already previously saw him do a graffiti tag. Um, 
So they were like, oh, all right, you haven't been down here. And he went, hey, that wasn't my graffiti, what I didn't do. Um, but in a French accent, oh, I did not do it. Sorry. We're, go- we're going all around the world with this one, aren't we? <laughs> what a, what a pickle. Sorry. Uh, it's going to happen again. So you just have to bear with me on that one. Uh, anyway, they hear a phone ringing. Ring, ring. That's how phones ring. Um, they walk along, walk along. They find a piano. And George goes, hey, I had a piano just like this one. But the A4 key didn't work. And then he plays us the only song he knew. And guess what? The A4 key didn't work. Oh, dear. And they're like, come on, we shouldn't really be here. But as is the theme of this particular film, let's keep moving. Oh, all right, okay. Um, or I feel like it is. So <laughs> uh, that comes up a lot. Uh, so they find the phone that's ringing, and uh, Scarlett's like, hello. And on the other end of the phone, he goes, why won't you talk to me, Scarlett? And then they discover, hey, it's La Dope. Uh, don't they say that's French for the mole? The mole. The mule. Um, and does he at this point say, nobody came looking for me? Nobody came looking for me. Or is that a bit later on? I'm not sure. Thought I meant to write it down. Anyway, um, he goes, "Follow me, come on." The only way, the only way out is down. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. What? <laughs> Fair enough. So it's a big old well, and so it's down we go. The well might as well go down the well. Um, George gets stuck midway down the well, and then Benji falls because his clip breaks. Uh, and he somewhat hurts his hands, very much so, in fact. He, yeah, the, the burns that you must get from that. She's holding on to the rope as he slid down. It's like, yay. Yeah, I must hurt like an absolute monster. You know, that's one of those ones where, like I've said in the past, you know, you can sort of, you can bypass, you can bypass the things where you go, eh, that never happened to me. Whereas the things like a rope burn, you can sort of feasibly go, that one, yeah. I, I don't want that. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, this is that's the main reason I don't go rock climbing. I just don't want to fall off the rock. Ab- absolutely nothing to do with my complete lack of upper body strength. <laughs> and then they walk down a watery corridor where everything becomes suddenly muffled. That's what mufflings. There you go, muffling. Uh, I'm really going for sound effects this week. Yeah, you're right. I, I like it. I think we need to uh, we need yeah. to get you like a soundboard. Oh yeah, no, get just, you some pre-programmed ones. If I had that, I'd just put solid fingers on it the whole thing, <laughs> and it'd just be on there going ah. Uh, so let's not do that. Okay, I'll control the soundboard. <laughs> okay. Milford Cubicle. Sorry. Um, let's see. So they get out there, they see flashing lights and screamy sounds. Uh, and then we see a scary kid. Scary kid. I don't know who, who sees a scary kid. Anyway, so they get to a dead end. Uh, but there's lots of words on the wall. Um, and they 
see it's in Egyptian and they're looking for a Talamaic hinge, um, which is like it's like a tomb puzzle, like an Egyptian tomb puzzle. So they have to find the right stone for the secret passage. <laughs> yeah, you, you really want to make sure that you get the right builders in for this job, don't you? Mm. And I've written, yeah, why not? I don't know why, though. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they do it. And then they go, oh, but what's in there? Uh, what's in the next room? It's a dead guy, but not a rotting guy. Um, and Scarlet says, come on, everyone, turn off your headlamps. <laughs> headlamps? That's like lights and lamps right there for your lamps. Uh, and, and when they do that, they see a watery entrance. Oh, Oh, you can tell I'm losing my mind. Uh, <laughs> why do they go? Oh, uh, <laughs> they get through there. And there's treasure. Hey, hey, and they everyone's happy with the treasure. They go, oh, look at all this treasure that you promised would be here, and it is here. And they find the philosopher's stone. And I say, watch out for Voldemort. But he doesn't oh. show up. He doesn't show up. There's a, a scarier figure here, though, because if you they have to swim through to get to this room, don't they? Did I not? Every... Write... No, I put. Did I not put watery at watery entrance? Yeah, yeah. But I was going to say though that everyone that is in that room is is wet because of the the swimming, oh. except the mole who is mysteriously dry. Do you know? I didn't even notice. Yeah. Well done. Didn't even know. No, and nobody notices. I don't think. <laughs> no, no. They all just needed me on the case. They'd have been right. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, so the guys start trying to uh, get the treasure out, but um, <laughs> in the best Admiral Akbar, it's like it's a trap, <laughs> um, which it was. So they do that, and it's another cave in again. Uh, another cave in again. We have Trap Sue and tra- uh, Trap Latope, I think, um, and all the food and water and batteries and stuff are now trap too but they do manage to get Susie out uh, but she's got quite the injury but it gets fixed by the stone oh very nice so the stone is a good thing handy tools aren't they the magic stones yeah magic stones um but it's like look we gotta get out so they find a mystical door and the mystical door oh they find that because they read the thing that says as above so below and I say, she said it. She said the title of the movie. Said the name of the film. She said it. <laughs> they go, they go, but there's nothing lower. We're on the uh, lowest thing. But anyway, they stand corrected because they find another whole well thingy, which they go down. And um, down there, they find an inscription that says, abandon all hope ye you enter here, which apparently is the inscription over the gates of hell. It is, yeah. So that is probably the most obvious of the uh, of the Danteisms on this. So that is does come from the Divine Comedy. You'll have to pick them up along the way from now on. Oh, there's been loads that we've been we've been going through. So I'm just sort of uh, I'll, I'll I won't list them at the end, but I'll I'll, I'll give. Few. Give some uh, spice at the end. Oh, that would be nice. Anyway, so again, as as is the theme of this movie, just keep going. Um, So they do. They just keep moving forward. Um, 
So they go into the same room they were just in, um, but it's kind of backwards. Um, so what I will say from here is they start, they continue on their journey and it's like they're going back on themselves, but the rooms are all backwards. So there it goes. And someone says, are we dead? I think it might be Zed. Hmm. Anyway, so the, let's get out of here. So they go through the swimming cave. Um, the, the camera's completely cut out with a screw. Anyway, they come out and they see another dead person. Uh, at least I guess it's um, like Flamel, but this one's actually dead, like proper rotting. Um, and hey, look, Latope is in there. And they go, are you okay? And he's a bit of a freak out. And he's got weird eyes. And then he just beats the shit out of Sue. Yeah, this is proper brutal, this one, were not it? Properly brutal. He smashes her head and she's dead. I, w- I would probably say that uh, this this might make my shortlist for best kill if we were to, to revisit those questions. Oh, really? Well, Yeah, well, I felt this one. Maybe we'll do a top five best kills at some point. That'd be lovely. Uh, and then you can put this one on your list. I could. Uh, and let's see. But Papian's like, come on, use the stone to heal her. But she's dead. And apparently you, you cannot bring back dead folks. Scottish now. Um, but of course, they just keep moving. Oh, well, come on, let's keep moving. Yeah, brilliant. As if, as if, as if the note, abandon all hope, ye went in here, is the thing you go, oh, yeah, let's keep going forward. I'm being forced to crawl on your belly. Yeah. To become as worms. Oh. Uh, let's see. Uh, Scarlet sees a noose and then no noose. A noose, then no noose. Um, we see another whole well thing. So it's the reverse of what they did before. Benji's at the top. And he sort of thinks he might hear someone and he goes, hello, anybody there? And then he sees a scary, screamy baby lady. That's not weird chick though, right? Uh, yeah, it was. It was a weird chick. But she seems like she's got a baby. No? It was, yeah, something like that. You don't really get much of a look, do you? Anyway, Benji falls to his death. Um. More sound effects, brilliant. Uh, Scarlet's upset about this one because obviously she's dragged him in there, and uh, she's a little bit, <laughs> little bit upset. But anyway, they keep moving forward. Why not just keep going? Oh, nothing, nothing else bad can happen. Keep moving forward. So they go down the water corridor, which this time is a blood corridor, and um, George sees his drowned brother, and then she goes, "It's not real, George." And he goes, oh, yeah, Pepper Pig, that. It's not real, George. Uh, more screaming. And then we go into a large open room. And in the room, there's a fire. They see a fire, and then they go investigate the fire. And there's a car on fire. And then a, a bloke sitting in a car. And Papillon is like, it wasn't my fault. Um, but an unknown force drags him back to the car. And then the fire dude drags him in. And it all sort of folds up inside itself. And then we see Papillon's legs sticking out the ground. But they can't get him out. Um, so what do they do? Keep going. Just keep swimming. Just keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Um, 
So right, so what we've got left, we've got Zed, George, and Scarlet left. Uh, and yeah. then they see a hooded guy at the end of a corridor. Um, and at this point, George says to Scarlet, well, Turkey wasn't so bad. And uh, I think they were a little bit in love anyway. Um, yeah, this, uh, this hooded character, which I, I assume is the devil, uh, is Lucifer. All right. I think... I thought it was a really great look. I thought it was really scary. All right. Yeah, it just... Uh, see, if anyone hasn't seen it, just imagine a black Ku Klux Klan yes. sort of hood on it. Uh, sort of just sat on a wicker chair in the middle of this horrible cave. And sort of, of thrown. Yeah, just turned and you, you sort of kind of see the face but not much I thought it was really affecting okay as a, then when the, the chase that comes after it yeah, yeah. It, well um, they, it gave me the willies so it did they see all these sort of faces in the wall stone faces um, and at this point we see the, the hooded guy or the devil if you will he, he starts getting up um, and then all the the faces of the wall sort of jump out and um, was your first thought that when they jump out they look like the putty patrol from Power Rangers no (laughs) watch it again and you'll think that now (laughs) anyway they bite they bite George on the neck but it's the so she tries using the philosopher's stone but it's not working and then he says vitriol Um, I'm not really sure exactly what that means what does that mean uh, it's mentioned earlier in the film uh, about sort of the, the basis for alchemy. Uh, right. I can't remember exactly what uh, what it what it means, but it is relevant. They do explain it in the film. So anyway, Scarlet goes, "Look, I'm going to have to put this stone uh, back, so I'll be back." So off she fucks, and she go she goes, and she's she one of these stone guys comes up and she just smashes this in the, in the face. Also a very putty patrol move. Uh, I enjoy, I really enjoyed that way. She suddenly just gets, I'm fucking sick of this. Yeah, she <laughs> murks that fool. Yeah, so she just goes and she goes through the water corridor and she's, well, sorry, blood corridor and she's dragged under but she comes out and I like the way that this is shot. Obviously a camera is in her face now, the thingy camera. Her head cam. Um, let's see. We see a hanging dad. Um, oh, she sees her dad hanging. Um, oh, but it's actually Scarlet that's hanging. Um, and they do a little jump scare. Ah! Anyway, so she goes back to the stone wall um, and she puts the, the Philosopher's Stone back and she's like, well, now what do I do? But she sees a mirror and he goes, Oh, you were the power after all. Um, nice. So anyway, she runs back. Back to George. She sees Smashes her. another one on the way as well. Well, she does see a hanging dad before that. And she says, look, I'm sorry, dad. Um, I'm, sorry I did, I'm sorry I didn't answer the phone the night you were feeling crap. Um, and he disappears. She sort of made peace with herself. Anyway, so she runs back, like I say, she smashes another stupid wall face. Um, she puts her hands on George and he's fixed. Keep going. So what do they do? Keep going. Let's just keep moving forward. Then they have a bit of a screamy chase. Um, then they find a hole 
and it's a lot. We got to jump and down. Oh no, sorry. Before they jump, uh, George confesses that he got lost um, trying to find help for his brother. So he's obviously always felt guilty about it. And Zed confesses that he's got a child that he's denied. Um, so those are their sort of sins, if you will. Um, yeah, that's what they're taking responsibility for, isn't it? Yes. So they jump down the hole, which is a bit of a leap of faith. And then they go, oh, no, we're trapped. But no, there's a sort of upside down manhole. And they go out through the manhole into Paris. And we see a sort of upside down shot. The camera itself's upside down. So they seem like they're coming out upside down. But of course, when they pick it up, everything goes right. And um, they all have a hug. And then Zed fucks off. <laughs> Sick of you two. Yeah, you would if you were him, wouldn't you? And then we end with uh, Scarlet saying, I want the truth, brother. Um, but it's a shot from the beginning of the um, film. And that's it, basically. That's, that's, that is it. That's the end of the movie. Um, hmm. Okay, so first thing I'm, I'm going to address is the the just keep going aspect of it. Yeah. Because uh, I get the feeling that you weren't too keen on that bit. Uh, well, it just, um, I just, <laughs> it feels like a ridiculous decision to, oh, well, this is worse. Let's go find out what's worse than this. All right. So in uh, the Divine Comedy, uh, Dante is being led through hell by the Roman poet Virgil. Which, I mean, if you want to guide through hell, a poet's always the best way to go. And they descend through the nine circles of hell. So if you ever get hell as sort of your nine circles and your your seven deadly sins and all that stuff, all that comes from Dante. Mm -hmm. So they they go down through the the circles. They drop down some wells, uh, I think, to get to the eighth and ninth circle. And then continue down Dante's basically spending the whole time at you going, why the hell do we keep going down? <laughs> we, we, we should be going the other way. And then eventually, as happens at the end of the film, the gravity changes and then they realise that they're going through purgatory. All oh, right, okay. So that that's sort of where that comes from. Okay. Uh, the other thing that I would say just off the back of that is the way that you go through hell to get to purgatory says to me that all these characters have been dead the whole time. Like that's, I think that's, that's a reading of the film to have somewhere. So all the characters in this are dead. Like, I mean, we never, we never see any of the death apart from really Scarlet, which I would say is probably at the beginning. Uh, in the cave when it blows up. Right. But I would say that there's no... Like, the, the spooky stuff happens sort of straight away in France, doesn't it? You know, the spooky chick, disappearing guy. Yeah, I think I think she's dead, like, for this whole time, and this is her moving through heaven... Sorry, moving through hell to get to purgatory, to come to terms with... Uh, 
sort of what she sees as a sin of not being there for a dad when he was struggling. Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, all the characters that survive are the ones that do take responsibility, do come to terms with, with you know, with their traumas. Uh, whereas, you know, Papillon, as soon as he sees that, that flaming car, which, you know, we assume is a past trauma, he says it wasn't his fault. That's it. Sucked into the, uh, into the earth. Yeah. I don't know. I can see what, I, I see what you're saying. And it's a very smart way of looking at the movie. Um, but obviously I didn't get that from it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, well, I mean, I would say even if, uh, even if this film hasn't inspired you, uh, just having a look through it, I don't, I won't say read Dante cause it's, you know, it's, a poem at the end of the day but and it's like very very long uh i might give it a go i'm i'd say you you i would say you probably have a lot more knowledge of dante than you realize yeah it's so embedded into popular culture you know uh seven is all based around it yeah no i'm quite i'm i'm quite interested now you said it to to look at that and i might it might give me more appreciation of this movie. I might see if I can get an audio book version though, so I don't have to read it. I did actually look on uh, on Audible and there's there's loads of them that are free. Uh, there's an abridged version that's like two hours long uh, and then some that are full versions are like 15, 16 hours. Might as well go for the full thing if we're going to do it. Uh, yeah. So the, yeah, there's there's a, a bit a bit more of that. And the other thing is in that, that imagery is that hell was created when Lucifer was cast out of heaven and landed into earth. And so it buried itself into the earth, which is like what happened with the catacombs. And then purgatory is a mountain on the other side, which you have to go through hell to get into. So yeah, that's, that's my theory. Okay. Well, I think, I mean, you obviously had more knowledge of that going in. So I think I've, I've taken it on, on face value. Um, and so given that, given the face value thing, there are bits about this movie that irk me. Um, okay. I, 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 to me, if you're going to have found footage movie, you have to, you have to explain where the footage comes from, which this sort of is, it is sort of a found footage movie. So that bugs me. They lost a lot of the cameras. Um, and they lost the main camera. And also, if you're watching it the way that you're watching it, like a film, like who edit, who edited this together? Um, so, you know, that part of it irks me a bit because I don't mind, you know, like a Blair Witch or something, because obviously that's just a tape that can show up. Do you know what I mean? Like, because it's just literally one one camera. Whereas with this, the cameras are all trapped in hell basically um so i was one part of it that frustrated me um i think we get the we got three of the cameras out i think yeah they did but some of the some of the footage that you get the footage on the the fourth was well the main camera that benji benji's his main camera and obviously the now i could have accepted a lot of it if it, if they hadn't ended it with um, it being like Scarlet continuing 
talking from the beginning of the film. Uh, so, but what I will say about this film is, um, I actually, okay. The first time I watched it, I thought it was not amazing. Um, I sort of thought you remembered it wrong. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I really was worried I had for a long time. And the second, this second time that I watched it, um, I took, I, I took, a, I took a lot more out of it. I appreciated some of the good shots. Um, I don't think there's any scares in it, but I did enjoy the sort of. Well, bear with me if you think I'm wrong, but I, the sort of adventure aspect of it. Um, I actually quite liked. Yes. I actually quite liked that sort of almost Indiana Moments Jones. Moments where he gets a bit Indiana Jones, doesn't mm, it? I yeah. quite, which is weird because I'm not a big fan of Indiana Jones, but I quite liked the vibe that this gives that Indian, Indiana Jones. And I was, I did feel like I would have enjoyed actually seeing uh, these characters do something else, you know, <laughs> but obviously they go through hell and it is a horror movie. Um so I think those are, those are my main thoughts about it, really. Um, I just, yeah. So should we just rate it, or do you want? Uh, to I'd say that? that for for a, a lot of that, I'd, that yeah, I, I do agree with with a lot of what you're saying. Uh, I think the scares, I think, probably got to me a bit more than they got to you because I, I did find it pretty creepy. Uh, I think it should be more atmospheric than it was, given the location of it. You know, I think you could have got gotten away with that a bit more. Uh, what I, I think I took away from it this time more than before is that I think it does nothing particularly special. I think it's got a very good execution of the basics. Mm-hmm. Sort of, you know, you, you sort of get glimpses of stuff, but never quite see the full thing. Uh, it's got. Uh, I, I really like the jump scare uh, when Benji gets killed. I thought that, that's quite effective when you see creepy girl a couple of times and feels like she's disappeared. Then oh no, she's there. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I think it's. You know, I think it. If you'd have told me that, like a film student had made this, like right out of coming after, out of horror class, you know. <laughs> I'd have been like, yeah, you know, because it it's, doesn't feel like it's a filmmaker who's developed a style, but is going off the playbook. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I might have to rethink my review for this because actually, now you say it, five million budget's not a big budget. It's not a lot at all, really. Um, well, it's more money than I've got. Oh yeah, I'd, I'd I'd take that in the bank if it was offered. Yeah, yeah. All right, okay. Um, well, yeah, let's review it then. Let's do the let's do the thing. Um, I'll go first since it was your choice. Um, go on then. So, as you know, on here that there's a three tier system. It's either shit, ooh, that was spooky, or a creative psychopath. Now. I'm going to give this an ooh, that was spooky because it just didn't sit exactly right with me. However, 
I will add that you've made me appreciate it a bit more with uh, some of the actual explanations of the law that it was following. And I think if I'd known more of that going in, I might have appreciated it more. Mm. Okay, I think that puts us probably on the exact same page then, because I think, yeah, I would say that I'd normally give it an, ooh, that's spooky. I think it's a just that smidge smarter than that. So I'll just pop it up onto Creative Psychopath. It's it's in that sweet spot between the two. Hmm. I'm I'm gonna I'm feeling generous. You've edged it over. It's sort of a seven and a half out of ten. I have that that <laughs> little uh, massaging of my ego that you did just before I I stepped up. <laughs> that, that tipped it over for the film. I think. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. Oh, good. Um. So, let me go to the Facebook and see what people have said, because uh, I believe there yeah, was we a did f- get a few comments a for few this one. Comments about this one. You sort of um, your organised sort of hosts would have this already ready to go, but that's not me. It's just not me. Right. So Chris Wall said, "I really enjoyed this." Right. What did Brian say? I enjoyed this. <laughs> Because Brian speaks in the weirdest manner in his own ever. <laughs> I enjoyed this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this. I've always associated it with the Pyramid and Chernobyl Diaries. I like the horror spin they put. They all put on historical places and events. Um, I can't say I've seen Pyramid. Um, no, I haven't as I well. Might have to add that to my list. Um, well, I think Brian, if you want to come on and talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Brian did the, uh, what movie did he do? 30 Days of Nights. Um, but there is more questions to answer now, Brian. So you are more than welcome to come back. We'll add you to the list. Want to get some new folk on as well. And uh, not that I don't love the old folk. I love everyone. All right. Um, and Alistair said, well, what you were going to say. I remember thinking I enjoyed it, but it has a lot of eye rolling moments and put it firmly into a, ooh, spooky for me. Yeah, like you said, I think we're about on the same page there, actually, Alistair. Uh, hmm, lovely. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, middling to good, I think, isn't it? That's what we're, we're all saying. Beautiful. Certainly, uh, it, it's certainly an hour and a half of your time you won't regret. You won't regret. So that was the filling, the turkey, the turkey filling that we've, uh, that we've had. So now we're going to have those final two questions that we've got to make the final sandwich yeah so i this is kind of one question part a and b i think isn't it mm-hmm. so we've uh we've got best protagonist and best antagonist okay are we just going to yeah. do them both or answer one then the other? Well, well do you want to do goodies or baddies first uh, i don't mind goodies okay they're less interesting right well I'm going to go first because I'm sure people are sick of me talking about it now, but I'm going to say Ash Williams from Evil Dead. All right, okay. I love Ash. Mm-hmm. He's got a chainsaw for a hand. I mean, that's that's probably enough. But, you know, uh, it's just, just such a character. You're quick with the line, out of his depth, but kind of extremely efficient at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Just Bruce Campbell just harming it up being just fantastic uh 
crosses across comics, books, films, games, TV shows. Just a, a great character. Absolutely, yeah. One of one of the best, one of the best protagonists. Um, you know, I didn't didn't think of Ash, so um, I actually do agree with you, but I'm going to say the one that I thought of, which was uh, Sidney Prescott from Scream. Um, yeah, another great one. Yeah. I've always liked Sydney because um, she sort of doesn't take any shit. Uh, be- despite being in these horrible situations, um, she always pulls through. She's brave. Um, never, always... never has a situation that she feels out of a depth in. No. Uh, I really, I really like um, Sydney Prescott, and the other part of it is, is that she's, um, despite all this, still managed to end up being quite a well-rounded person, um, and, think, and a nice person as well. You know, with the yeah. victim support stuff in Screen Three, I think it is maybe Screen Four. Yeah. No, I think it that is Screen that is Screen Three, and I think Screen Three, she's probably at her lowest ebb in that one because she's sort of um, hidden away. Um, you know, not dealing, yeah. not dealing with life. But by the time we got this, uh, the new one, I'll just scream, I suppose. <laughs> scream five. Um, you know, well, the, the, the S is a five. Yeah, she's... Uh, That's what they should have done. <laughs> I think isn't the V a five. Oh, not the V, the M. Scream five. Yeah. I don't know. I, if, if they did, they... You know the PR people won't slap him because it's right there. It's an S. Just, just do it. <laughs> just make it a five. If it yeah. was two thousand and two, they'd have done it. Mm. They would have, but it in. Uh, but yeah, uh, Sydney. Yeah, I'm. Um, I really hope that the filmmakers for Scream Six come to the centres and give give her what she deserves because it's it's not going to be right making. A screen without Sydney Prescott, isn't it? No, no. But I respect the fact that she's. Uh... She is one hundred percent correct to just yes, say fuck yeah. yes if you're not going to, you know, do it properly. Yeah, yeah. So all power to Neve Campbell, and yeah, I hope that the the filmmakers come to the centre and give her what she deserves for it. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so. Uh, Go on, do you, do you want to do antagonist? Uh yeah, can do. Um, let's see. I'm, I'm finding it difficult to choose between Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees. Um, well, maybe what we should do is make them fight and see who comes out on top. No, that happened, and <laughs> oh, I, thought, I thought I had a million dollar idea then. You know what? I'm changing my mind completely. I'm changing my I'm gonna go for Norman Bates and Psycho. Oh, okay. Um great shout. Yeah. No, I no, I think about it. I absolutely uh you know love that movie. I love the way Anthony Perkins plays Norman Bates all the way through it. And absolutely uh, great performance. Absolutely amazing performance. I and what I really love about the performance is the very end where you see his, where you see his somewhere look. split between the two of them and the look to the camera. And he is an absolutely amazing antagonist because incredibly likable and yet 
scary as hell. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I, I'm I'm gonna go for that. I don't I don't know why that didn't come into my head earlier, but um, you know, as much as I like Jason and as much as I like Freddy, um, the two of them, and uh, I guess hmm, I don't know. I guess you just don't. They're not as good. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I, I look at you think, and I'm also aware that obviously, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street is my favorite. Not no, Friday the Thirteenth is my favorite franchise. Um, you know, so obviously I like Jason. I think it's fun for me to pick something different, and uh, we're doing Freddy soon anyway. So, what about Vince Vaughn as Norman Bates? Do you know what? I have not seen that. I haven't seen that, but isn't it a shot for shot remake? It's something like that. I've I've not watched it either. Uh, I just remember that I was buying a gift uh, because someone said they hadn't seen Psycho, and I was like, "Oh, I'll get you a copy." I found it in like that's entertainment flight, you're like three for five pound or whatever they did at the time, and it turns out I just picked up the wrong one and got them the Vince Vaughn one. Oh no, this movie's so. terrible. No, what? <laughs> No, I haven't seen it, but I, I'm pretty sure it's a shot-for-shot shot remake. Uh, yeah, he certainly tried to with it. Uh, but I'm not yeah. on board with that. If you're going to remake it, at least add your own spin. It's a weird experiment, isn't it? Mm, it is. Yeah. So, yeah, when I was, I was thinking antagonist, I, I, for some reason, I sort of separated it from villain from like main villain all right okay because i was thinking you you sort of like a lot of horror films have sort of your secondary villain that's not you know not the main one you know the frighteners they had that to that awful character (laughs) who was uh well less said about him better but you know it wasn't the main villain but get in the way of the plot yeah uh so I i was kind of thinking like who's the best villain that's not the main villain of the piece for mine and once you sort of think of that there's only Hannibal Lecter yeah like, that's it you know, there is, uh, which I, I guess even in a lot of ways he's, I guess he becomes the antagonist doesn't he by the end of Silence of the Lambs with the butchering of all those policemen but until then, he's helping out, isn't he? Uh, but yeah, he's you know Anthony per yeah, Anthony Perkins, Anthony Hopkins won an Oscar for uh, for the role. He's well just deserved. menacing, you know, in hyper intelligent, calculating, brutal, just a real terrifying figure. Yeah, yeah, that's a good shout. I think I wish I'd thought in that direction instead of. Well, again, that, but... you know, I, I once I'd, I'd settled on Hannibal for for my thinking. I did just Google it just to make sure. You know, it's like, am I am I definitely thinking the right way? And then it was just like someone who acts deliberately against someone. I was like, well, no, then that could just be any horror villain. <laughs> so... Yeah, yeah. But even if you do apply that, I reckon Hannibal's still a good shout. So I'm sticking yeah. with it. Well, yeah, I'm all right. I, I enjoyed my own answer. I wasn't expecting it. I don't know why I didn't expect my own answer, but there we go. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, that's it then. 
we've done it. We've achieved it. Yeah, we we have our, our thin, crispy slices of bread and a, a nice bit of turkey in the middle for our horror sandwich. Yes, but we must ruin it. So, um, well, I mean, got... I'm vegetarian, so turkey's sort of ruined already for me. All right, well, we could eat it in hell, I suppose. Have it with a generous helping of Parisian bones. <laughs> Delicious. Um, yeah, give give it some crunch. Right. Well, there we go. Then that's um that's it. That's the end of the episode. So uh, follow us on all the social medias, please. Uh, Instagram, Facebook. You know what social media is. Do that. Um. Yeah. Send us your questions for the uh for please, the slice of the bread. We, we want more. Send us your questions. We would love that. Uh, and and don't feel like you can just do one question. And and if you've got burning questions, you want us to actually answer then that'd be good too i think i'd, I'd enjoy that yeah. um and if you want to come on as a guest and want some questions you just want to tell people your answers to yes please just tell us for that come on bring your own questions with you <laughs> yeah, interview us <laughs> we're wide open here we're wide we open. want everything we want as much horror as we can get in our stupid faces uh, but only in the movies not in the real lives because no know. I'd like a nice, happy life, horror-free if possible. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, right, yes, yeah, so um, there we go. I think I've said everything. We've said everything that needs to be said. So, um, bye. Bye.